Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. There's some damsels in the DM. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them, yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them. Please, yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hey, cool cats and kittens. Just hello, hello. Revisit that reference again. (laughs) It's another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. I'm Osh. And I'm Alejandro. How's everybody doing? I'm good. How are you two doing? You had an eventful Sunday afternoon. It was amazing. It was our first in-person screening for Defining Dodo through the California International Shorts Festival. So it was such a cool experience to like have everyone see the film and see other people's fantastic work and to do a little bit of a Q&A at the end. It was dope. I love that. Were you guys like nervous for the q and I've done a bunch of them. Um, for it's a girl thing. I would Uh say that like, it was different because for defining Dodo, I don't have like my talking points because this was like our first in-person festival. What was good about it was that Alejandro and I filmed a Q and a video like as marketing, because we're putting defining Dodo on this streaming service called iVox media. So we did like have Mm -hmm. outlined answers that we knew that we were going to say. I just, could have revisited that page. I revealed a lot of secrets to this audience, first of all. Like they really got like an all access pass into the drama of Defining Dodo. Not that there was much, but like all the little insider secrets. But yeah, so I'm just working on developing. These are my go-to answers for Defining Dodo questions. I didn't know there was a Q&A also. Right, I didn't either. But then when they're like, oh, all the filmmakers. And so I was assuming like, okay, the directors are going to go. And then Lauren like turned back at me and she was just like, come on. I was like, oh, 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 okay. Well, okay, I used to do all the Q&As <laughs> with Augusta. So I just figured we would do it together. No, I love that. It was project. Fun. Yeah. And also like for questions like about inspiration and stuff like that, I think it's hard to answer if you're not the writer. Cause like, it's not, it wasn't your inspiration to create the project. I can tell you what my motivation was or what inspired me as a result of the project, but I can't tell you like the genesis of the project since I'm not the writer. And yeah, I mean, there are elements that went into the writing that I mean, definitely may not have had familiarity with, but I mean, either through conversation or the personal experience, it was a cool way to bring the story to life. So Ash, how was your weekend? It was good. It was all family related. My family's in town um, to drop my little cousin off to college. She's a little Aww. freshman at UCLA. Congrats. But, uh, Lauren is such a little Trojan. Like, oh my <laughs> <laughs> guys, I had the most magical Sunday ever. I Walked around Abikini. It was super warm. And I found this new massage place that opened up. And you go inside. It's called Den Mother. If you guys are ever on the West Side, please come check it out. Because I walked inside and it was like this like beautiful home. 
that's a massage studio, like a massage place. And they have like, they can do like outdoor massages where you have your like feet dipped in like a soak. And then you get like someone massaging you and they have a bar in the back. So you can have like a glass of wine while you're getting massaged. It is the coolest thing ever. And then their outdoor patio in the back where we should, we should like, I don't know, do something there. On location. On location. It's so cute. It literally is the cutest little bar in the back. You can get yummy teas and coffees or beer and wine. Uh, and where did you, what's the name of this place again? It's called Den Mother. Den Mother. Did you How get did a you massage it? or something? I did. I got a massage. It was really good. Wow. They like pour like hot oil on you and then like give you a massage. It was like the weirdest but coolest thing. That sounds amazing. It was so, so good. Funny. Oh, really nice. <laughs> Dogs funny. Did you just like stumble upon it? on the street or was it so I saw them like it's next to butcher's daughter and I saw them doing construction and I thought they were just building like a really cute home and then my cousin um told me about it she was like oh there's this place that just opened and so I went with her and it was just so cute I love that yeah I'm definitely gonna be going back again amazing stumbling upon psychic readings and things I kind of get into doing stuff like that not on a regular basis but just if it happens upon a journey then I'm just like oh let me let me see what kind of reading is in store have either of you done psychic readings or anything I'm terrified of psychic readings because I'm scared of my future being predicted and it being something that I don't want to hear yeah I I have that fear too like I don't really want to know I'm gonna die like tomorrow like just don't tell me or like if a family member is gonna die I definitely don't want to know that oh yeah so during Jenna Langbaum's episode the author of me in search of you she reflected on exactly what we're talking about. And I think it's really cool that everyone has a super, super personal either experience or perception of going to see like a psychic or a reader or a healer. It was funny because she did make mention of the fact that they're probably not going to give you some really traumatic news because like they more than likely want you to come back. (laughs) Have you ever been given um, love predictions from a psychic yeah before I moved out to California it was like my last little go around in galleries in uh, Detroit because I used to love just writing about art openings that would take place in the city and one of my friends she's an artist and a spiritual reader before I left she gave me this soft palm sort of reading but then she also specified that I was going to meet someone on the border between like you know the end of the year slash new year who was you know super strong in their perspectives in their their ideas, um, you know, very firm in what they believe, and that this person is just going to make a huge impact in my life. You know, you know, I heard that. And like, I had also heard in the past that like, when you receive these things, or if you like, you know, if you have communications with the moon at night, or if you have like rituals like that, you're supposed to like release whatever you're thinking about, or the information that you're receiving, and just kind of like move on. So by the wintertime, I met Daniel, and we're still together to this day. So it's really cool to see, you know, how readings or information like that can really come to fruition. I was going to say, that does sound like Daniel. He's strong in their convictions. For sure. That's totally him. That is so cool. I really want to get mine done. I want to get love love reading done. It's not like life reading. Do you feel like when you entered your relationship with Daniel, though, you were like expecting it to be 
this love, like this person, because you had that psychic reading? No, honestly, when I met him, I wasn't, you know, in search of love. I wasn't in search of a partner. I was just really trying to make friends and just be social, have a good time. Because also this was still within like the first year of living here in LA. And I didn't think about the words that my friend had given me before I moved until way later. I don't even know how the thought came back into my mind, but kind of like a light bulb moment where I'm just like, oh, she was right. Like that, that actually came to fruition. I feel like that's the best way that that happens because if someone gives you a reading and then you're like expecting it and just like waiting for it to happen when they said it's going to happen, I don't think it's going to happen. Like you got to kind of just live your life and forget about what they said, but just know that good things are probably coming if they said that they are and then just like trust it and not look for it and like winter time, like, okay, like which one is like, who is it going to be? I was going to ask while you're dating, have you been guilty of future planning? Meaning that like, when you, you know, start seeing a person that you predict your whole future with them, and you have expectations set for what it's going to look like? Yeah, I've definitely, I do this on every date that I go on. And it's just like, it's like a habit. I don't even like, I might not even like the person. But automatically, my brain just goes to, oh, like, what are our kids going to look like? Like, yeah. what's our, like, f- like, in three years from now, like, are we going to be engaged? Even if I don't even find this person, like, at all interesting or cute, I'm just, like, automatically just, like, my brain goes there. And if I see it, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give this person a chance. If I don't see it, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, it's, it's not going to happen. Wow. Yeah, but for the ones that I actually like, like I've definitely fast forwarded into like a year from now, two years from now, and then just like kids and like family and life. And it could even just be on the first date. Like it's just, it's my mind just goes there so fast. I think everyone's guilty of that on some level. Yeah. Letting the imagination run wild when the effervescence is so clearly there. Who wouldn't get lost? I mean, I think that's why love songs are just so powerful. It's like they hit on so many emotions and just one song can really take you through a whole roller coaster. If a song can do that, we can totally do that in our own brains when we're going through the experience. When I was in high school, I future planned so much because I always knew that I wanted to go to USC and that I wanted to live in California. So I would date these athletes who are... 15 16 and you know be asking them questions like what are your goals what what do you see as your career path do you think you could see yourself in California and then I would be in my mind thinking like okay well if we don't go to college at the same place then like I guess we could do long distance while we're in California and particularly in my relationship right before Brian, this was like very present that I was future planning because they did not go to USC. They were somebody that I knew from Philadelphia that went to another school on the East Coast and it was a long distance relationship. And we would be talking about when he was going to move to California after school and we're like freshmen, sophomores. So predicting like three years in advance how this plan is going to work. I remember talking about him potentially transferring to USC and I was so caught up in how we were going to make this relationship work that I couldn't be in the present moment where I was at school at USC, which is keep in mind everything that I had wanted. So that relationship basically ended, I think, because I was so preoccupied with the future and trying to make that relationship work, which caused me to live in the future and not live in the present. That's such a tough predicament to be in. Yeah, for sure. especially when you're that age too. Like, I feel like it's just, you. everything feels so like it has to happen now. It's more important than it actually is, or it's like, it has to be like the center of your focus at that age. But that's crazy that you're like, what, 18 and already future planning. Well, I don't know. 
about you guys, but like, I'm just very much a planner in my life. I plan my weeks out in advance. I feel like I had a life plan growing up. And then it's hard when you get older and, you know, your life plan doesn't look exactly the way that you had drawn it out when you were a kid. So there's, there's a certain element of us needing to accept the ebbs and flows of life and accept that life does not go according to plan. And I think when you're dating, it's really hard to realize that your relationships may also not go the way that you had planned them as a kid. I agree completely, especially because when you're in a relationship, it's two totally different people. Yeah. Maybe not totally different people, but two individuals who are in it. So it's like, there's going to be totally different approaches to, you know, either conflict resolution or continuing the plans that were already held before and trying to like make something come of it. The fact that you remain focused and diligent and accomplishing so much so often. I think that's really mm-hmm. admirable. And the fact that Thank you. You know, it's been since your teens and continued now, it's like, I'm so excited for like what the world has in store for you. Oh, thank you. <gasps> Did you have the same thing with Brian when where you first met him? You were future planning? Okay, everyone, I'm going to spill some tea. And it's not something that I'm proud of. But younger Lauren, Brian remembers this. And I don't remember this. Um, apparently, I asked Brian how much money he thought he was going to make when he was older. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> don't try this at oh home, kids. God. Don't try this at home. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend trying this at home for sure. (laughs) I don't remember this. I think it was a valid question, but I don't remember (laughs) this. (laughs) And he swears that I said it. Another Brian moment that he swears that I said that I also seem to have forgotten is apparently one time when we were early on on dating, I was farting a lot because IBS moments. And um, he was like, "Are, are you gassy or something? And I was like, Oh no, those must be the barking spiders. Oh my God. What? (laughs) Yeah, you guys didn't come for the tea today, did you? But here we are, me and the barking spiders. (laughs) Serving the tea anyway. (laughs) What a great way to like break the ice and like get that comfort level like established right up front. Right, you go (laughs) for the barking spiders and then you ask how much money they're going to make. (laughs) Foolproof plan. That's why I advise on dating, guys. Like this girl who's been farting all night just asked me how much do I think I'm going to make in the future. Okay, she's the one, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No regrets. That's how you know. But yeah, I think that Brian judged me a little bit for that. I think that I'm protective of myself and that I don't like wasting my time. I feel like I get frustrated sometimes with high, my high school self and college self for feeling like I was always distracted by boys and wasn't like necessarily on my career path. And, you know, through a lot of fa- therapy, I've realized that you can't be mean to your younger self because how could you have known and how could you have put yourself on the career path and been cognizant of the choices that you wish you would make later. But I think that in instances like asking Brian questions like that, it was a way of being protective of my future and like knowing, wanting to control where things go. And I think as I've gotten older, you realize there's so much that you can't control and finding somebody who you connect with on an emotional, physical level is so much more important than what their future is going to like look like. But I think that, you know, younger Lauren was more caught up with things like that. And it was a way to control something that's uncontrollable. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, future planning. I think that it's hard to avoid, but I think as you get older, it is something that I don't recommend because you're dealing with so many unpredictable things. I think if it's like, if it's on the smaller scale, things that are like, where does this person live? Does this person see themselves like moving to LA or like moving to New York would it work out I think it's safe to do that kind of like small planning but if it's in five years time like where are we going to be right like what are we going to be doing what house are we going to buy like where are we going to you know like I feel like with that it's just it's too much especially when you're like for me I'm you know just dating around and trying to meet my person and it's just unhealthy for me to kind of look for the potential in someone yeah rather than see what you know, what's right in front of me. And, and we talked about this before where I kind of just fall in love with the idea of someone or the their potential. And I don't really actually love what the person's like right now. And I'm dealing with that right now. Like I, I've been going on a couple of dates with this one guy who I am, I think the only reason why I've been going on these dates is because I'm future planning and I like what I'm seeing in the future, but that's not necessarily what it is right now or what right. it's going to be. I can't help but be reminded again of Jenna Langbaum's uh, <laughs> assertions slash episode where she was sharing, you know, like one of the messages that she hopes readers find is that, you know, at the end of the day, all we have is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And future planning, you know, as we've already shared is inevitable. If it's on ourselves, I think that's like reasonable future planning to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, setting up unfair expectations for another person and planning yeah. how they're going to participate in this, like that gets a little dangerous, you know, because there's so many things that we cannot control within our own path, let alone other people. So I think it's just better to, again, just focus on like how we can better ourselves so that we can be there not only for ourselves, but for our partner as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that. Focusing on yourself first and then planning your own future. Great. Love that. Because then when it does come time to meet someone that you genuinely like you don't focus on those little things you're set in your own life and if it's meant to be it'll be you'll make adjustments and figure it out or like meet halfway but yeah I think it's super healthy and important to have your shit together I read a short story in Spanish Alejandra in the story (laughs) it was talking about how this little boy took a photo of his grandmother and it was when she was older and she was so beautiful in this picture. And he was like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine what you looked like when you were younger. Do you have a photo of when you were younger? Because this photo of you when you're older is so beautiful. I just couldn't imagine what you look like when you're younger. So she digs and she finally finds this picture of her when she's younger and she's miserable. And it's on her wedding day and she's not that happy. And in comparison to what she looked like in her older age, it just paled in comparison. And what I took away from this story was that we work so hard to cling to our youth and become so terrified of the future. And as we age, we're just able to let that go and let the standards of beauty go and just be present with our lives. And I think the more present we can be and not worry so much about the outcomes of the future, the better our future will be and the better our present will be. Beautifully said. I love that. On that note, future plan as much as you can control, but don't get so tied to it. Yeah, because you know what? People like me who have anxious attachment styles, you get so attached to the idea of, you know, where this relationship's going to go that when it doesn't work out, you're like overly bummed. Like you're just even more heartbroken than like you should have really been, you know? It's hard to like separate from that because you're just so attached to this idea of what the future is going to look like. And 
Gotta let that go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the song. Finally, somebody else does a song rendition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.